Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. What's happening, friend? So in this week's podcast episode, I am delighted to bring to you Jessica Walker, who comes to us as not only a stylist and a salon owner of four different locations in the great state of Jersey, also as an entrepreneur herself outside of being a salon owner, but as something that you're going to hear us talk about in the podcast episode here, that is a Daymaker. You hear Jessica mention that a few times during our interview here, and it really resonated with me because I feel like that's a really easy and great way to describe who we are as hairstylists in our businesses. It's like we make people's days, right? We're daymakers. And so I just thought that would be a clever way to introduce her here as a daymaker. And um, I really loved this interview with Jessica. We kind of go all over the place in our topics, and I end up giving my input in a couple different things, but I know you're just going to listen to this and gobble up what we talk about, so I'm going to stop rambling, and I'm going to introduce you to Jessica Walker. Awesome. Okay, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit today and really hear your story because uh, when your PR agency got a hold of me, I was like, who is this woman? It sounds like she has a fascinating story. Uh, so as I welcome you into the show today, I would love to just kind of hear like a little overarching view of where you're at in the industry now, and then we can kind of get into some juicy details in a minute. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to share and potentially inspire someone out there that might be thinking of going into the hair industry and or opening up their own salon. Um, I started out as a young uh, teen going into cosmetology school and I opened my first salon at 19, having really no idea how to run the business. But what I did have a gift with was 
um, emotional intelligence and understanding people and knowing how to serve and give. So um, I did a lot of giving back and um, I was in a really good location. And I think from that um, developed some really amazing relationships that I still have today. That's awesome. You know, you you tapped into something there that I feel like so many of us need to understand is the emotional intelligence that so many of us creatives have in this industry that we don't even realize is like a superpower, right? Absolutely. It's really important when it comes to the feeling that you get from um, working with your clients behind the chair as a stylist, you know, and or working with people if you are going to develop a team or if you're going to be a manager at a salon, you know, having that feeling when you walk into a room, you can kind of take the temperature of what's going on. And I think it really helps you to respond versus react when things get tough. Definitely. And then currently you own one salon or multiple salons? Right now, I have three brick and mortar salons and I have a wellness spa. So I have four brick and mortar locations altogether. And I have an event on location um, beauty and styling company as well, where we send people on location to take care of hair and makeup services. Wow. And then are those all in the same like town or different towns? So I'm currently in New Jersey based out of, and we're in Somerset County and we're in Morris County and our on location business, we travel. So we'll, you know, mostly we're in New Jersey, but we'll go out of state. Um, we've been out of the country. We've, you know, just depending on who our clients are and what they're looking for, um, where they're getting married or where their event is, you know, we will, um, you know, just go and have a good time. And just, we really enjoy making people feel and look beautiful. Um, I have a little mantra that when your outer looks good, your inner feels better. And I just really believe it. You know, you can be down in the morning and you can get up and fix your hair, put some lipstick on, put a nice outfit on. And if it does anything, it helps a little bit. So we try to um, bring that to every day and, and be day makers within our industry. I just think that we have a beautiful opportunity to connect and, love on our clients. I love that. Yes. I would agree too. I feel like I could rock my pajamas all day, but if I have a little bit of makeup on and my hair is done, I'm like, I feel great. (laughs) My, my dad used to say, Hey Jess, why don't you go put some lipstick on? You'll feel better. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love your dad. And even if it's like, you know, the proverbial lipstick, whatever that is for you, right. It doesn't necessarily have to be lipstick, but whatever that little thing you can do is like for me, earrings. It's like, if I have earrings on, I feel good. Yes. And people are doing the hair accessories now. Um, and I just think it rocks a uniqueness and a little brightness. That's um, something special for yourself. Absolutely. So I'm curious, are you currently working behind the chair still? I literally just stepped away. I had been uh, behind the chair one day a week um, for a couple of years now. And um, with the way that the business has um been going and and growing, I decided that I'm going to focus on coaching, um, mentoring, and really running the business so that we can meet our goals and I can help the people that are on the team really focus on what, you know, their goals and needs are personally and professionally. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Because I feel like it's a bit of identity crisis for us. Yes. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up and that this, this topic comes up because what I've known is what I've known. And I don't know what I don't know. So how I'm feeling right now is a bit out of sorts as a leader and as the manager, it's because I had, I had my routine down. And when you disrupt, there's like an uncomfortableness that I have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and really plan and look at my week and look at, okay, 
When am I doing one-on-ones? When am I doing marketing meetings? When am I doing finance? And so that's really how I'm structuring my life um, in this season, if you will, um, because you know, planning and preparation, just having that structure really sets you up for success. Now, of course, things can happen and we'll adjust um, and, and flow with that. But um, what I've been feeling right now is a bit out of sorts, like, wow, I, I have this new way of doing life and business. And um, I'm just excited. I'm open. I'm curious. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable at the same time, just being honest, you know, as mm-hmm. taking on this full-time role of, um, you know, leadership and management. It's very different than being behind the chair. That almost is a security blanket for me. Absolutely. I've talked to so many entrepreneurs that feel the same way that it's almost like we have to hold on to that little piece of ourselves to like remind ourselves that we're doing okay. You know, it's like a compass that we use. And so when we step away from that role, it can just really be kind of earth shattering, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm a part of a global organization called EO um, and it stands for entrepreneur organization. And we meet monthly and they have these events where everybody will come together and hear speakers. And, you know, there's a whole world out there of opportunity that I really believe if we can put ourselves out there and, and surround ourselves with our network that has experience, we can grow and learn and get in, get inspiration. So, um, you know, I just thought I would share that with you and with the listeners, because it's really helped me, you know, get that compass focused on where do I really want to go? Um, and it's helped for a multitude of reasons. It sounds to me like you are slightly okay with being uncomfortable. You started a salon, you opened a salon at 19. I'm like, I could barely do life at 19. I can't even imagine opening a salon. So there's got to be some sort of little natural ability to like be uncomfy. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs and I've watched a lot of the ultimate man in the hole make a lot and lose. Um, You know, I've seen some really hard things in my life from cars getting repossessed um, to people stealing from my parents and going through really, really, really hard times. Um, with that said, I also had a baby really young, so, um, I needed a way to make money. I had plans to go to FIT in in New York and become a fashion, blah, blah, blah. And, um, little did I know that there was a whole other plan out there for me. And when I went to cosmetology school, Um, I was actually just getting ready to finish up and my dad came home and he's like, you're going to open up a salon. I found a location. And I'm like, dad, I don't even know how to cut hair. And he's like, you're going to figure that part out. That's why you're in school. And I'm like, well, the schools don't teach you anything. I could barely hold a scissor. My hands are shaking. And he's like, look, you know, people, you know how to work hard. I had started working with him when I was 12. I really, they worked all the time. So I wanted to be with them. So in the way that I was there with them was to go with them to work, um, so they had some furniture stores in Manhattan and they had a couple roller skating rinks. So that's what I did. And I would serve 24 sodas on roller skates and learned how to sell furniture to people like Sylvester Stallone. When I was a little girl, I would dress up in a red suit with heels. So oh I just, gosh. yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of be a boss, make a difference, help people. Um, and, you know, somehow I landed in, opening a salon and I was blessed to hire someone who was so amazing, really by happenstance. And I just am a true believer in your network always wins. So um, this woman started working with me. She stayed with me for 24 years. I'm actually in business 27 years and right over COVID she decided to retire, but she was a pillar 
and and such a constant and a, a huge, huge blessing to me um, and the business itself. Um, I remember my dad took her in the back room when we were getting ready to open. And he's like, can you take care of her? He's like, promise me you'll take care of her. And and she's like, yeah, she's like, we're going to be good together. And both of us were basically, she had raised her kids. So she was like coming out of being a stay-at-home mom. And maybe she might've been about 15 years older than I was. And it was like, we were doing this together, just starting out basically, you know, learning how to technically cut hair. So we surrounded ourselves with great education from Vidal Sassoon and got involved in uh, 2015 with Nick Arojo and just really dedicated ourselves to education, connection, giving back to our community, getting involved with a couple of the nonprofits that are here locally. And it changed the trajectory of the business. Um, I think another huge opportunity for stylists is to get in touch with those nonprofits and the schools and, and donate services, donate your time. You know, when you're, we're healthy and able, you know, being able to give someone a blowout and put their makeup on and, you know, maybe cut their hair, just those kinds of things are priceless. You can't name it like the MasterCard commercial would say, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, they make such a big difference in the people's lives that we touch. You know, I'm like a big believer in Within the industry, we touch people in their highest highs and their lowest lows and everything in between. So we just have a lot of opportunity to make people feel better and be their day maker. Gosh, you know, I love this conversation because I feel like right now in our industry, um, anywhere you look on social media, there are some real hot coaches right now that are talking about essentially putting up walls around you in your business all the time. It's like... Don't give anything away for free. Business is business, boundaries, limitations, policies. And I'm just like, gag me. Like, are you kidding me right now? This, this industry lives and dies by the relationships that we make. And so I did the same thing when I was young like you. It was like, oh, the local college is doing some sort of haircutting fundraiser. I'm in. I would donate my time. Um, the homeless shelter needed some haircut. I'm in. You know what I mean? Like just any little thing that I could do to kind of insert myself in the community. And yes, it was a, a charitable thing that I was doing. But honestly, it was a networking thing that I was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, it had value. And so to to hear these people being coached to like never do that kind of stuff, right? Like don't ever go out of your way to please someone. I'm like, this is not going to last. Tell me I'm wrong here. I agree with you 100%. You know, I don't particularly know who the coaches are and who's speaking to those types of relationship building tactics, if you will. But, you know, um, how I found success was literally by giving of my time, by giving of myself. And um, literally, whether it was with clients, with people who were other business owners, the nonprofit owners and founders, um, you know, it was never no. It was always, yes, we can. And if it's not right now, it will be later and we will make it happen. Um, that's how I built the business and the brand. And I just think that there's something about the heart and giving with love and that extra sauce. My dad told a story to me once that he called the pizza place to order a pizza. And when he talked to the guy on the phone, he's like, hey, can you make it real nice? Like spread the sauce out and the cheese. He has a Southern accent. He's from Alabama. Mm -hmm. Do it like you would for your mama. You know, make it real nice. And the guy's like, I could do that for you. Sure, I could do that for you. And he's like, thank you so much. That'll just be so great. God bless you. Praise the Lord. You know, my dad, he's a preacher. Uh -huh. So he's like, praise the Lord. So they hang up. 
he tells me the story. I share it with my team all the time. Like, let's give the extra sauce. Let's just give a little extra. What's that mean? Maybe it's a chocolate. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's holding the door. Maybe it's walking a lady to her car with the umbrella when it's raining. There's just always a little extra that you could do that makes you the day maker of a person. Um, there's so many stories where people are depressed and feeling down and they haven't had their hair cut in years or colored. And then they come in and it's like, we get the notes handwritten that are like, thank you so much. You changed my life. Oh, what? You changed it. my life. And it happens all the time. That doesn't happen by saying, no, I went in on a Monday morning, 10 o'clock, take care of a girl who went someplace else in South Jersey and they wrecked her hair. And the dad called me and he's like, I know my daughter's not your client. And I know you probably are so, so, so busy with four locations and five kids, but my daughter's really upset and it would mean the world to her if you could just look at it and do a consultation, tell her if she's going to be okay. Cause she thought all of her hair was going to fall out. I brought her in. I worked on her that day. I stopped everything. I took care of her. She was in tears. Her family was in tears. And the next day I got a huge bouquet of flowers, two dozen handmade cookies and a handwritten note. Like those handmade cookies, homemade, like amazing. Yeah. Just the, the idea that someone would go home and spend their time to do that for a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. I used to be kind of embarrassed that I became a hairstylist. Like, oh, that's not the job that your, you know, your family or your, you know, your, your successful parents want you to grow up and be, well, look at the difference. We can work when we want, where we want, with who we want, when we want, we can wear what we want. We don't have to work the late shift or the night shift. We can literally change people's lives and make a difference and do it with care and love and kindness. And I just feel like it's such the, you know, root of the community, the heart of the community, information center, inspiration. So I, I'm a super fan of the industry. I just think that there's um, no limitations, no ceiling on how much you can make. Right. And um, it's awesome. What I'm hearing with these stories that you're sharing is that you make your clients feel valuable, right? You make them feel like you care about the outcome and their well-being, and that is reciprocated with trust and loyalty and appreciation. And to me, that is like what this is all about, right? These people I'm mentioning before that are putting up walls and boundaries and policies, they do not focus on making their client feel valued, heard, and understood. You know, they're just like, we're here to do hair. And it's like simple business is business. And I could not disagree more. And hearing stories like yours to me just like reiterates the value of making people feel valued and special, you know? Absolutely. Because they'll look for the next best thing. NBT, if somebody doesn't feel valued and they're paying you, whether it's $5 or $500, whether they're there for five minutes or five hours, if they don't feel valued and they feel like you're putting up walls and you're not giving of yourself in the emotional connection department, it's not mm -hmm. going to be a long lasting relationship. I mean, statistics show that, you know, how long the hair, the ha haircut lasts with the stylist and how long if you're their hair colors. And now I think all that's out the window with, with Instagram and with social media, because people are looking for the next best thing. They want to have fun. They want to look great. They want to feel the value that perceived value is so important. And that perceived value comes from the connection. So if people are putting up walls and they're blocking themselves off and not working nights and they don't want to work Saturdays, this is when clients want to go out and look beautiful and make their man look, feel, you know, feel great because they look great or make their wife feel good because they look 
handsome with a new shave and a new haircut, you know, like the weekends, it's the industry, you know? Yeah. I'm curious because you've been in the industry um, as long or longer than I have. I worked through the last recession um, in a, in a thriving salon business. I definitely made less money in the recession, but I personally did not lose any clients. I had lots of stylists around me that were shutting their doors down and, you know, losing people left and right because they were being very hard. I felt like on, it was like, no, I need to make money. I need to, you know, feed my family and not recognizing that their clients couldn't afford them. Um, I'm kind of going a roundabout way of saying this, but what I'm guessing is you probably still thrived in the last recession. Am I right? We did. We did well. Um, and I think that there's intangibles that you can't touch and see and, but you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and these in the intangible service connection, um, it's a, that is what's a constant and it starts, it's, it's, um, it's like a wheel. And when it starts and it keeps going and it keeps going, it's, it's very difficult to break that. And um, I think that it goes back to what you're saying with people, you know, putting up walls and not really being themselves and not connecting with people because in that recession, you know, we just kept going. We kept showing up. Mm -hmm. You're nice. You smile, you give the extra massage, you know, you take extra time to listen you know, you really, um, especially when you have these blocks of time, like, you know, this time of year, it can be a little bit quiet in within the businesses because they're getting ready for the holidays. There's back to school, you know, but when you give that extra time to the clients that are there in your chair, they're there anyway, mm-hmm. do it and do it right. Get it right the first time, do it well. And I think that that's how we were able to withstand, you know, hard situations, terrible 9-11, um, you know, recessions, just, you know, storms. We had Hurricane Sandy here. We were shut down for weeks. We were doing people's hair outside, <laughs> literally. It's Hurricane Sandy because it's like, we can't see. It's dark. Go out. Let's go outside. Um, you know, and we had, my, my family had no power for two weeks. No power, nothing at all. It was crazy. And I had a little baby that was born then. So it's like, you know, I definitely don't have it all figured out, but the things that I do have figured out and the things that we do do well are really trying to listen, really trying to be a day maker, you know, m- managing the the finances and, and talking about that conversation, jumping in through there. It's like tragedies, hard times, relationships, personally, they, things happen where like, you know, you might have a team member that's been with you for a long time, decide to retire like I did over COVID. I was like, how am I going to do this without her? She was my partner. She was my work wife and <laughs> I loved her. And it was like, oh my God, how am I even going to show up every day? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the hardest part is getting up and getting dressed and showing up. You know, that's another lesson from my parents. It's just no matter what is going on, show up, give your best, you know? Um, and in the end, People know it. They can feel it. It's a not. It's not a tangible. It's an intangible. But they can feel it, and then they want to be a part of it. They feel like I deserve that. That's why I go to Jay Walker. That's why I go to, you know, any successful business that has an experience. You know, why you drive a certain car or why you choose a certain hotel. Um, and it might not even be that it's super expensive. It just might be how that person makes you feel when you show up that keeps you connected. Um, 
God, isn't that true? It's all about the experience, right? And especially as, you know, things like AI develop more and more industries go to being, um, what's the word, like automated for everything. Our industry that touches hearts is going to flourish if you know how to cultivate the experience. You know, I have a quick share. So we went from having a regular phone where somebody would pick it up and say, hi, this is Jessica, you know, can I start with your first name, please? And then to a system where it was like, you've reached Jay Walker Salon for our Bernardsville location, press one for this. And people would call, they would like call me. They'd be like, Jess, I hate your phone system. It's terrible. Why are you doing this? I understand you're growing your business. I'm like, well, we have to answer the phones from a central location. And they're like, you got to stop it. So like they do give you that feedback. That's like, they don't want to talk to a bot. Yeah. We're a heartfelt loving so I'm still trying to navigate that. Like, okay, what do I do with my phones? Like it's a, uh, it's, you know, there's always, it's constant, never ending improvement mm-hmm. with connection and without connection, without love, you can't live and you can't live happily. That's for sure. Um, that's how I believe. Yeah. I think that is the key to avoiding things like, you know, burnout and wanting to leave the career is like you find a way to serve people that also serves you and then it fills your cup and you want to keep doing it. And you find yourself almost 30, 30 years in going, well, I guess, you know, I, I could finally step away from being behind the chair, but only because it makes sense financially. Absolutely. There is a giver's gain. When you give, there is a gain, whether it's self-fulfilling, whether it's financial, and that's okay. You know, the world is all about energy and love. And, you know, when, when you give of yourself and then that it comes back to you um, in one way or another. And I think after being behind the chair for so long and the experiences and the people that have, you know, still live in the area that have moved away, I've developed some priceless relationships and now cultivating relationships with new stylists and team members that I'm saying, okay, you know, Pat, you can see so-and-so she's going to take great care of you, or he's going to take great care of you. And then they see me in the salon. They're like, Hey, you know, how you doing? You know, they understand that it's a journey and they trust me. They they're seeing the growth and they're seeing the, um, the fruit of the plantings of the trees from years ago. They're seeing that happen and they're proud. They're proud to watch and see it grow. So I would encourage anyone that's thinking of taking that next leap to take a deep breath and do it and jump without the parachute. You're going to be okay. You'll find something to hold on to mm-hmm. um, as scary as it is. Yeah. I want to talk about your salons a little bit. Um, are they booth rental salons, commission salons? What kind of structure do you organize? So in New Jersey, it's all um, commission. You know, the booth rental thing for salons is not allowed. Oh. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Even though now they're allowing all these suites to pop up in New Jersey, but they're like, I don't know. For small businesses, this they just don't have our back. I'll tell you that. Huh. Um, so um, we're a commission-based salon, and um, you know it is uh, it's based on a level system. So we start out from teaching and training from within. I've never been one to poach other salons and take their team members from them. Um, it's one thing if someone left and they're not happy, or they reach out. That that's a whole another business decision that you can make on your own, but. Um, I go into the schools, I do demonstrations and, or find people that are out in the area that are within my network that would want to come and start a career here. There's been many people that are on my team or that have worked for me in the past that started out as a customer service representative and said, wow, I see these tips that these girls are making. They are making money. They are making people feel good. They seem like they are happy with what they do in their career. And they've gone to school to either be a cosmetologist or an esthetician, which is really amazing. So we have the program where you start as a protege 
high, level one, level two, level three, and level four. And you work your way up. We have in-house education. We have education that we will go out to and we'll bring educators in from around the country to teach and inspire. Um, I host, right now we're doing quarterly staff meetings. And something that I've noticed that's interesting is we used to do the monthly on the um, last Friday of the month to get ready for the next month. Mm -hmm. And it was every month. And then after COVID, I started doing them quarterly uh, because I would hear like, oh, these meetings, you know, they're every month. Da, 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 da. So, And there, it's a lot of work to prepare for and get your PowerPoint and everything together and uh-huh. stay inspiring. So I went to quarterly. And what I've noticed is that um, there is a there there's usually like a dip in the numbers of average retail ticket, average service ticket. So when it comes to that um, coaching it's, it's like a subconscious thing. Like when they, when they get that information in front of them and you do a morning huddle, you do a weekly huddle or a monthly meeting, it definitely makes a difference on the, the um, goals of the staff members, you know, where they're, where they want to be doing that consultation, asking those questions, and then repeating back what the clients say changes the entire trajectory of the conversation. Because I, if, as me as a client, I have a couple of problems. And if I can share with you, oh, my hair feels flat or it feels dull, feels a little bit dry. Okay. So your head, you said your hair is flat. You said your hair feels dull. You said it's dry. I can recommend this, this, and this. Which of those do you want to get started today? This is how much it's going to cost. How does that sound? Great. Give it to me. The clients are like, and then what products do I need to take home? They're asking you questions. Right. When you do it that way, it's a game changer. But then you have the, you know, other people behind the chair that are like, oh, what are we doing today? Right. You know? <laughs> yes, I know. Girl, you're preaching, like, preaching to the choir here. <laughs> I love, love coaching stylists to understand how to better manipulate and utilize a consultation, right? It's like, I don't know why this in particular doesn't get touched on more in beauty schools. I feel like I understand why like business stuff doesn't, but like literally we become licensed to work on people. And I'm like, we need some more people skills here, right? Like we need to understand how to effectively communicate with people and extrapolate from that client what they're looking for and then turn it around on them and make them feel heard valued and seen immediately you made a connection right like yeah like you said that client's like give me all the things and what do i need to take home and when can i come back because i'm never leaving you right yes no that's what happens and then that's how you make relationships that with sand marriages college some divorces you know literally it's just like these relationships they will grow and grow but i think sometimes a stylist can get complacent And what I found from my research and studies is that the fourth time is the magic number for the relationship with the client when they come in for that fourth visit. That's like one of the make or breaks. Um, So we really try to be keenly aware of the schedule and looking at that because the first time you're like, wow, I loved it. It was great. Second time it's like, they didn't get as many compliments when they left us. Mm. And then the third time it's like, oh, I don't know. It might've even been crooked. Meanwhile, the stylist thinks that they're, they're going to be a client for life and they they lose that sweet spot right there. Then they come in for the fourth time and they're like, mm, no, this just isn't right. I'm, 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 I saw on Instagram, this other person, I'm going to go check them out. And then it's like, they're jumping around like ping pong balls because they can't find their person that makes them feel heard and seen and can give great hair. I'm like, that's our, another thing that I always say, I'm like, we got to give great hair. Like it has to, or great skin, whatever we're doing, we got to do that great. Yeah. (laughs) 
And you know, so much of it then is the next level of like your soft skills and your mm-hmm. listening skills. Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting to hear you say about this with the fourth time, because that's something I noticed in my own business throughout the years. I moved um, three different times to three different states and started three different businesses. And I saw the same patterns happening. And it starts with how I would greet someone in the salon, right? Someone comes in for the first visit and it's nice to meet you have a seat, right? The second time is welcome back. I'm so happy you chose me again, right? The third time is like, okay, we're making a little bit of a connection. There's like some familiarity there, but it's still kind of new. It's like a third date with someone. And then by the fourth interaction, I remember details about their lives. We've like had a few times to manipulate some hair a little bit and kind of get to know each other a little bit. And it's more like, hi, friend right? And so it's totally like when you're dating, and I just always thought of this, and I would say the same thing. If I can get to the fourth appointment and someone's happy and they leave feeling seen, valued, heard, and having bomb hair, they're going to keep coming back. And they're going to tell me things like, even if they can't come see me anymore for some reason, they're going to communicate that to me. They're not just going to ghost me, right? They're going to be like, hey, I'm so sorry, but like, you know, my budget's tight right now. Like, I'll come see you when I can. And they do. Or I'm moving and I'm never left like wondering what happened to them. Whereas if I lose them on like the second visit and I don't see him again, I never know why. They just don't come back because there's no connection. That's right. Which it's so interesting that I think sometimes with hairstylists that get into the groove and they think, oh, that the clients, they're mine. They're, they're just mine. And they're not really active listening to them. They start falling into this trench of talking about themselves and their kids and their sports or their animals or what their kids are being for Halloween or what vacations they're going on. Clients don't care. They don't care. Yep. And I think that that is where we need to be active listeners. They want to talk about themselves and or be quiet. Mm-hmm. People don't need to know the whole, you know, your whole personal history about what's happening with your boyfriends, husbands. It's like, let's keep it professional, be the inspiration and be the beauty consultant that they want, that they're there for. They're there for great hair. They're going to be seen, heard, look better, feel better. And I think that's really a huge opportunity that we need to level up the conversations that we're having and make sure we don't fall into these trenches of like, oh, I don't know what else to talk about. So I'm going to talk about my trip to wherever with my client. And they're like on their phone trying to read a book. I think that emotional intelligence of like looking at that situation is so powerful to say, okay, you know, ask the question if you don't know, are you more comfortable talking today or how are you feeling? Would you rather just sit and be quiet? I can give you a magazine or if you have anything to read, you know, then at least they're feeling like you care. I think sometimes we just get in such autopilot where it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing hair, I'm doing hair and I'm just going to, you know, um, where we miss that boat. And I think that that is where, um, you know, the client retention suffers. And when they ghost you, it's because they didn't feel like they could have that trust to say, you know, you're, you're pretty expensive. We've had that happen. Uh, You know, they'll come in and they'll say, look, I love so-and-so it's just, it's really expensive. And then we will say, okay, we can pair you with a protege to apply the color and, and -and so-and-so can oversee it. And then they can take care of you for your haircut and your blow dry, you know? So then it's like, okay, we have some options. So I think that that's where flexibility opportunity meets being, um, you know, being malleable to like make those concessions and not put up those walls and not say, 
no, this is my time. I'm charging $150 an hour. And if you're with me, da, 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 you're either here or you're not. Bye. Because that vibe of confidence or cockiness, I don't know, you determine whichever yeah. one you want to say that it is. Yeah. I think this is a very fine line. People can feel it. And then they're like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I like that you mentioned malleable because um, I actually have always believed that a little bit of personal sharing is a good thing, but only in a way that serves the client. Like, I think this is a really valuable lesson for hairstylists to understand. It's not about just, I'm an open book and I share everything. Uh, I think being able to, in a quick few minutes, understand where your client is coming from, what lights them up, what makes them excited, and then only sharing those things that are going to add value to their conversation, right? Like, let's say I get someone that sits in my chair that's really excited because they've got new grandbabies. I might share a couple stories from when I had babies, you know what I mean? And just like literally pump them up some more. Or like, let's say I get someone who's like a foodie and like, they're really excited. They're going to host a party and they're going to make this recipe. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got the best recipe for you that I did. And I'll have a story with it. Right. And you like add some personality to it and like connect it back to them. So it's almost like when you're telling a story, it's not about you. It's about your client, right? It's your story, but you're doing it in a way that still serves your client. Does that make sense? I, yes. Can you come and teach this? Or do you want to do a Zoom call? I'll, I will hire you to come share. Because I think that there's it's something that it's hard to teach. It's hard to explain. Because again, it's a feeling. It's an awareness. It's like self-awareness that if I think that's amazing, you want to share what your recipe is, it could help them on Thanksgiving. Or if they're going, they're making their first, you know, dinner for their date right? It's like, oh, you tried this and it worked. That's great. It's serving of the client. And I think that's, there's a fine line where it gets so weird and mm -hmm. I hear it and I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with helping to coach my team. Like it's too much. It's too long of you going on and on about what your kids are going to be dressed up as Halloween. You have a, you know, a, a 68 year old woman in the chair that there's no connection to them with little kids dressing up for Halloween. Right. Like it's not serving, yes. you know, or showing your pictures from your trip unless they went to Cabo last week or they're going there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Then that's your opportunity to be like, let me make a connection with you and show a picture of me in that exact same spot. Be like, oh yeah, look, check it out. This beach was so great. You've got to go there when you go. And then that's it. Yes. It's like short and sweet. You made a connection. You made it about your client and then you can get back to whatever hair you're talking about. I took an emotional intelligence course a long time ago and they blew up a balloon. So we actually blew up the balloons and with our partner, we would be tossing the balloon back and forth and doing this. And it's like, you're holding the balloon too long. You got to give it back to your client. They're, they're the ones that want to talk and you have to add value to them. And I've tried it with the team. And I think we still fall into these holes where it's like a lot of just not having conversations that are serving to the guest that's in our chair and leveling up that customer experience where like, if you showed me a picture of you on the same beach that I'm going to be at, I would be like, wow, she really cares about me. I got to see where my hairstylist was there and it was so beautiful. I can't wait to send her the picture of me it's, there. Exactly. And then I would follow that exact conversation with my client with like, send me a picture when you get there. I can't wait to see how happy you are at that spot. Boom. You made a connection. Yes. Mm -hmm. Customer engagement in between visits, they're touching lives day to day. And that's how you become a day maker. And you have that, 
interwoven ability to just make them feel good in between visits. I think that that's something that like figuring out how to teach that and get that into the schools, like you said earlier, and, you know, get it into the programs of these, you know, young talent or somebody that's switching careers. I have another stylist that's here and she's changing careers. She was in corporate forever. And, you know, she's almost 50 and she's like, I really want to be a hairstylist. This is what I want to do. So I'm trying to pour into her everything that I know. And it's a tough industry. People don't get it, especially if you're coming from corporate. That's like super. Mm -hmm. This is very emotional and very touchy feely and very, you know, um, it's just a an organic kind of living, breathing experience. Like there's a sign language even to when people, clients are in the chair and they show you what they want, where their bangs are and where they want volume, like yep. where they want a face frame or where they want to maintain their length. They'll pull on their hair. There's this like sign language. I'm like, we need to figure out how to package this up and, and share it with people because that's how these little adjustments and make all the difference in making this a career worth loving and having versus making it heavy. Like when you have to try to talk to people all day and you have the same conversations with eight or 10 guests at the end of the night, you said the same story eight or 10 times, like right. you're drained. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you're drained. I just don't think it needs to be that difficult. And no, you, you know, know um, my husband is a fireman. And so he and I had a very interesting conversation the other night about this because he serves people also, right? And we were comparing how similar our interactions with people are. And this is the way I believe hairstylists should be or could be. Uh, you've got like probably 30 seconds in the first meeting of someone. Now he's obviously helping people when they're like distressed, but he still has to like have the situational awareness to realize how to interact with that person, right? Like what level are they at in their like excitement? Um, where are they demographically? Like all these things we're going to extrapolate from like a first glance at someone. And then we're going to kind of get to know them over a few minutes. And we're going to change the way we interact to best serve that person, right? Like the language we use might be slightly different. Our hand gestures might be slightly different. The way we guide the conversation might be slightly different. However, it is that we need to manipulate the environment to serve that person. And he does the same thing. And he's like, oh my God, I never saw the similarities between the two. But it's almost like you you like wear a hat. Like you're like, okay, I'm gonna be like in this form right now to serve this person. And then you take off the hat when they leave and it's over and you don't have to carry anything with you. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. I had a stylist that worked for me for a long time and she always had this like upper back pain in her in her upper back and in her traps and in her neck and she really couldn't handle all of the problems that she was hearing from her clients. She didn't know how to like wear the hat, be a listener, say, I hear you and just move on, you know? And then there's another stylist that comes in and, and she literally says, you know, you have to meet the client where they're at. Yes. If they're happy, you need to be, you know, a little more upbeat. If they're sad, you can't be like, Hey, how's everything going today? You know, you have to like get on their level of where they're at and use your emotional intelligence to meet them where they're at and to touch them in this situation so that it's like, doesn't get weird. I just, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. I think very similarly to, um, you know, nursing and taking care of scared people, a lot of people work, walk into the salons and they are like, they're scared. They're intimidated. They don't know what to expect. So it's like, we try to do something on the phones or we talk to all the new clients and give them a walkthrough of like, what's going to happen when they come in. Um, 
And it does help lower their, um, I don't want to use the word anxiety because, but people do really get a, a, a little bit nervous when they're going into a new environment. It's intimidating. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I know. And it's, it's like up to us to calm those nerves, but in a way that helps us stay in our zone of genius, right? Like just like the nurses and the firefighters do, like they're not there giving life advice or psychological advice. They're there to take care of the thing they're trained to do. I actually have this little sticky note on my computer because I remind myself this all the time. It says, stay in your lane. Okay. I love it. And to me, what this means is as a hairstylist, someone comes in and they're just drained emotionally or your client is sad or they're going through something. And yes, you meet them at their level, but you do so in a way that you stay in your zone of genius, right? You're like, wow, Sally, it sounds like you're having a really rough day. Let's make your hair feel super great right? Let's do a nice scalp massage on you today. I'm not a therapist. I can't give psychological advice, but I can surely make your hair look great and make you feel good in this moment. And that's it. Amazing. Yes. That's so, so good. I want to put this on video and give it to my <laughs> team. To, I'm going to see if we can definitely get together so you can come and share it because sometimes they need to hear it from somebody else. Like it's an outside perspective that is so important. It's so good. You know, I'll hear people trying to like, um, I don't know if they're like coaching them or they think that they're doctors. I'm like, oh, well, you should really go and take your, uh, you know, glucosamine or whatever because your joints hurt. I'm like, stop, yeah. send it to the doctor. You're supposed to do hair. <laughs> yeah, red light, red light. And again, yeah, yeah. that could be an opportunity to share a story. Oh, this one time I had this sensation and I took some glucosamine and it kind of helped not a doctor, but anyway, let's talk about your hair. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's an opportunity for a connection. Yes. You can validate what your client is saying and then move on without stepping out of your zone of genius. So yeah, totally understand that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's an awesome topic. I think that that's really great way to educate and entertain people because you can tell this story and make it entertaining as well. Like what you just did. That's awesome. It's so true too. I mean, it's it just so true. So true. So um, as we wrap this up, Jessica, I would love to just hear um, what were some of your struggles opening salons? Because I personally have always been an independent stylist. I've worked in salons. I've been an employee. I've had a suite. I've been a travel hairstylist, but I've always worked for myself. So I don't know the struggles of a salon owner. And so I'd be curious to hear just a few things that you dealt with that um, you overcame and maybe like had a lesson to learn in that. And it's kind of a big oh. thing to just throw at you here, but we'll just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. Um, so what comes to mind first is the structure of the business and your business plan. I didn't have a business plan when I started. I was 19 and I had some guidance from my family and I had a really, really strong work ethic. So I got up, I got dressed and I showed up every day. I was nice and I gave back to my community. What I did not know was finance, marketing, operation, sales, HR, or I didn't have that much education because I didn't even know really how to cut hair. So <laughs> I kind of worked them backwards. I did education first. Then I worked with HR because I was hiring people. And I say that word very, very, very loosely. Um, you know, then worked on, obviously I had to pay bills. I had a lease. I had documents that I had to make sure that I was signing. And, you know, at that point, I was legal, so I had all the responsibility. I had a personal guarantee. I had just purchased a house, so I was able to personally guarantee my lease um, with my home that I had, that I still live in to this day. Um, and you know, I think coming from there, learning then really what finance looks like, 
and how to market yourself. What I didn't know really served me at that time. Why? Because I wasn't afraid. Mm. And I think fear gets in our way as humans so much because if I knew what I know now, I never would have done what I did and I wouldn't be where I am today. So, you know, getting involved and taking the classes, there was, there's so much to learn when you read and when you submerge yourself in education and you get a great mentor. So, you know, I learned the hard way how to do ADP and how to call my payroll in, you know, and sometimes I bounce checks and that was really, really embarrassing because you got to manage your cash flow. And it's can be really, really difficult when you pay people a couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's the, the pay periods there and then they get paid the, the uh, following week for the two weeks prior. So it's like, you know, uh, learning these things, it was literally like I was changing a tire at 90 miles an hour. And what I, what I had was trust. I had trust with my team and we were working and we were doing it together. And it was never like I was really, I was never like BSing people. Um, one time I had a really hard situation happen. I was getting ready to celebrate my five-year anniversary at the location that I was at. And I was about seven months pregnant with my third daughter. And I received a letter in the mail that says you have 60 days to vacate. Now I had what? started this business. Yep. I had started this business from nothing. I designed it. I decorated it. I got a loan. I paid it back and I was successful. I had been through some hard situations, which I shared. I got through it. I'm doing well. I'm like, I got this. This is great. And then I was getting kicked out. Literally. I cried to the owners. I, they were new owners. So my previous landlord was amazing. Um, but you know, and, and he trusted me. I never missed a payment. I was never late on my rent. Um, but these new people, I don't know what they had in mind. I think they thought they were going to put a radio shack, which is a big chain in my spot. And I was like this young, this young business owner. So maybe they thought that I was like a risk. Um, and I probably was, it could have been on paper. Right. But, um, anyway, so I, they said, no, they said, get out. So I had 60 days to vacate and I couldn't go to work and tell the staff I had like 10 or 12 people working for me. So I had to show up every day and smile knowing that I had nowhere that we had nowhere to go. And in the salon industry, as you know, cause you're in it, you can't just take a clientele and go to the next town. They no. don't go, they don't go. It's just, no matter what it like very rarely, you know, they always say 30, 30, 30, sure. you know, 30 will 30 won't 30 will go someplace else. Um, you know, so anyway, I started cold calling salons in the area to say, Hey, are you interested in selling? I'm looking to buy. I'm looking to move, looking to grow. I was like, what am I really looking to do? I don't know. I just need a place to work. Anyway, long story short, serendipity, God, faith, whoever you believe in worked in my favor. And I was able to relocate right across the street. What? into a house. Yes. Into a house of its own that I now own outright myself without any partners, which is amazing blessing. And come to find out the landlord of that shopping center owns a huge venue that does weddings all the time. And don't you know, they've been referring my bridal business ever since I went out because I was always really good to the attendees that were running the weddings. So I still get referrals from them. So it's like that hard time where I was I was dying. I didn't want to get up. I was crying. I was sad. I was getting ready to have a baby and I already had two kids and it was crazy. It actually turned out to be a blessing. So like there's a lesson in the madness and in the chaos always. It's like when you're going through hard times, you know, you have to have faith and believe and, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. And just keep going. That's right. Mm, man, I cannot imagine how 
crazy that would have felt like to just have that basically pulled out from underneath you. <laughs> wow. Well, good for you. I'm glad to hear that you were succeed succeeded in moving and um, like what a crazy, did you literally like carry salon chairs across the street? Like I'm imagining this kind of like mass exodus of like, bye. <laughs> we had a truck, but the hard, we had a truck. So we, we took everything over. The hard part was that there was an existing salon there. So like I'm walking in this young, I'm pregnant. And said, I own the business now. I bought this from your owner. She never told anybody. Oh, my One of the girls gosh. that, that worked there is still with me today. She was in Aruba on vacation. And she came back and I was like, hi, I'm Jessica. I'm the new owner of the business. Pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Like, Who is this girl? What is going on? They knew I was like their competition from across the street. And now here we are all working together. So I had to be real nice. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I have more stories, but it's uh we'll save them for another time. Right. Okay. It so... turned it turned out to be nuts when I bought the business that I bought. It was a it was a mess. It turned oh, okay. out to be really weird. Mm -hmm. Man. So. so if you can leave my listeners, like let's let's say my listeners are like, man, this sounds kind of cool. Not the like business getting ripped out from underneath you part, but like starting a business, running a salon, and that sounds fun. What is a piece of advice that you would give them? Like start here. Okay. So what I would say is that, you know, starting a business can sound fun and it can be super rewarding. What you have to know is um, that it takes tenacity. It takes determination. It takes grit. It takes guts. It takes no fear. It takes making decisions. Indecision is death. You have to make decisions and you have to go with it. And then you can readjust, but you have to make decisions. Um, you have to know who you are, where you're going, what your mission is, what your values are, what you stand for. And with that, you can really do it. You can succeed. You can have an amazing career. You can have an amazing lifestyle. You can work when you want, where you want, with who you want. And it can really be um, impactful. It can be fulfilling. It should be fulfilling. You can love on your people. You can raise a family. You can make good money. Um, you can have it as a hobby. You can have it as a career. But one of my biggest pieces of advice is to get involved with an entrepreneur organization, find a mentor, hire a business coach. I mean, that is, you know, without the coaching that I've had along the way for the 26 and a half years that I'm in business, I wouldn't have made it. Um, because again, we don't know what we don't know. And you don't want to find that out when it's too late. I love that. And speaking of coaching, you do coaching for hairstylists, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm available. I'd love to talk. Um, we can always set up and, and, you know, a 30 minute call, an hour call. I'm happy to share what I know. Um, you know, and it's really not for anything other than to give back because how I got into the place that I'm in right now with my business being successful is by giving back. So I feel like if I can impart some of the mistakes that I've made, um, to a listener or to someone who's out there in the industry or thinking about coming into the industry, I'm happy to do so. Oh, that's awesome. So where can my listeners find you and get a hold of you? So we are at jwalkersalon.com. Um, my email address is jessica at jwalkersalon.com. I'm also on social like everybody else is. Right. Especially <laughs> um, Instagram, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, just happy to share. I really appreciate you having me on today and you're amazing. And um, I meant what I said. I'd love to bring you in and have you come share your experience and your insight and knowledge with my team, which are awesome. 
That's awesome. Thank you. You know, I enjoy doing this podcast so much just for these great conversations that I get to have. And I'm super pumped that you reached out to me. This was awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and uh, we'll be be in touch out there. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Now, I don't know about you, friend, but I just love having these conversations with seasoned stylists that have kind of been through the ringer and have really had some great success and had to overcome some things. And that story with Jessica having that salon basically pulled out from underneath her when she was like, what was it? Seven months pregnant. Holy cow. Can you imagine being in that moment and realizing that's what you had to do? Um, these, these kind of things just fire me up and fuel me to keep pushing forward. And I hope that that's what you take away from this podcast episode amongst the other amazing juicy things that we talked about. Um, as always, I just really hope that you being here and having these conversations with me inspires you, delights you, maybe even entertains you a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to leave you with that today, friend. And I hope, as I always love to say, that you have a wonderful hair day. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now, friend. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.